Ah, the sounds of frogs in the evening. I can feel my bones thawing out. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. There are so many wonderful wildflowers to get excited about as mud season gently dries up and slides towards summer. I've always been fond of thick patches of yellow coltsfoot blossoms decorating the margins of dirt roads and finding the flame-like deep maroon skunk cabbage flowers melting their way through the last of the snow to be as beautiful as they are mysterious and whimsical. I could probably fill out the bulk of this episode by gushing about the kaleidoscopic torrent of wildflowers, both native and otherwise, that we experience as the year cranks along, but I'll spare you. This time anyway. With all these flowers bedazzling the ground, sometimes it is hard to remember to look up. But one of my favorite wildflowers is often mistaken as just a swollen tree bud. But in fact, that red and yellow blush on the red maples this time of year are the flowers of this fine deciduous tree so common in our northern woods, from swamps to forests to mountaintops. Red maple, or as our Latin-tongued botanist buddies like to call them, Acer rubrum, is a member of the maple family. While this tree may put on the wildest show of the fall with their scarlet leaves, they are also renowned for the quality of the syrup produced from their sap, the strength and beauty of their wood, and the heat of their split logs for warming our homes. Red maples are the most common broadleaved tree in New England and are responsible in large part for why our corner of the country is known for its leaf peeping season. But each spring, they put on a different display of colorful beauty in the form of their blossoms, which now are popping across the region. Red maple flowers are rather small and grow aloft in the tree's canopy at the end of finer branches before the leaves emerge. As a result, they can be rather hard to see without a pair of binoculars or a ladder, until they fall to the ground later this spring. To the unaided eye, the showy display offers a blush of red across the gray stems which looks exceedingly lovely on a bright sunny day with the backdrop of a blue sky. But held closely in hand or observed through binoculars, You can revel in gazing upon a cluster of individual flowers that have red petals, pistils, petioles, and stamens. The sepals of the flower, that is the part that encases and protects the flower buds, are often a bit lighter in color and can even blush to peach. Plants make flowers as a means of spreading their pollen, receiving pollen from other individuals, and ensuring the next generation of their young. Within pollination, there are, with some exceptions, two large categories— wind-pollinated plants, and animal-pollinated plants. Cattails offer a great example of wind pollination, as even shaking the pollen-loaded flowers can release enough pollen to be used as flour in baking, and when aided by a stiff wind, this pollen can travel for miles to find other blooming individuals. Apple trees offer a prime example of an insect-pollinated plant, as when those trees are in bloom, the whole tree seems to be abuzz with a menagerie of bee species. Red maples, on the other hand, seem to do a little bit of both. Many sources report the red maple being wind-pollinated, but at the same time they are visited by early-season bees who have little else in the way of nectar to eat and clearly also transport pollen from tree to tree. So this weekend, while you are out and about gawking at this spring discovery and that, you might look skyward to see the crimson blush of red maple blossoms against the sky. If you happen to have a good pair of binoculars or find a specimen that is low enough to the ground, you might take a closer look at these beautiful, small, and often overlooked native wildflowers. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org.
Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.